to talk about birthing your dreams tonight, okay? Uh, all of us have dreams. The Lord uses dreams to talk to us. The Bible says in, in Joel that in the last days that God will pour out his spirit upon all, all flesh and that uh, young men would see visions and old men would dream dreams. And uh, not only prophetically, but God has a plan for each of our lives. God has a purpose for each of our lives. We aren't just here by accident. We aren't just here by mistake, but we're here for a divine purpose. The divine purpose, I don't believe, is to just get a storage unit and buy stuff and fill, fill it up with junk, I mean things, you know, and I think that we're here for a greater calling than that. So let's talk about how do you birth your dream tonight? How do you do that? God has amazing plans for all of our lives. God has amazing plans. He created us to have goals and dreams. Well, I'm kind of loud. To continually reach for more in our walk with him. God doesn't want you to be stagnant. He wants you to keep growing. He wants, you, he wants you, the tents of the, the ropes of your tent to be expanded and enlarged so God can put more in your life. You know, hopefully there's more in your life uh, today than there was five years ago as far as the things of God. I know in my house there's more things in my house than there was five years ago. You know, I swear we got a hoarding demon in there. We don't? What is it? It's stuff and things, stuff and things, S and T, stuff and things. Okay, let's get off the hoarding demon. So God wants to do more in our lives. God, hopefully, you walk with the Lord. You know, um, Sister Sylvia, at the memorial service for your father the other day, when I was standing there talking with you and then other family members came by, and they were asking you, are, are you who is, they, they look at me and they say, who is, who is this? And I want to say, I'm a movie star. You know? I got these sunglasses on out here. It's amazing. They just, you go outside and they just come on. Amen. And you go inside and they go off. But it takes a little while. Amen. And uh, Sylvia says, well, this is our pastor. And then they say, well... Oh, you don't practice Catholicism anymore. Well, that's a big thing in people's lives. But God was, is putting the last eight years, nine years, God is putting the kingdom in Sister Sylvia's heart. 2011, over here, Nathan and Catherine, right there, standing right there. You know, and everywhere. During the, the pandemic, RJ begins, the Lord begins to work with RJ in a different way than he's ever been used to. So God is wanting to do big things in each of your lives. God wants to do big things. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know it in the King James. It, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. God wants to bring good things into your life. God wants to bring good things into your life. The devil wants to take good things out of your life and put bad things in there. Okay, when God gives you a dream, it's like becoming pregnant. Okay, the disclaimer is, 
Those of you who are watching this webcast, those the people that appear on your screen are smaller than they actually appear. All right? I said to Amy tonight, can I wear something tonight, Amy, that will make me look skinny but doesn't look big on me? And she just went, ha, 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 ha. I don't know if that was an impossible request or not, but this is what I went with. Keep your judgment to yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Right? So we get a dream, and it's like becoming pregnant. And we conceive, we think or imagine the vision and the idea of this new thing that God has planned for us. So now we're walking around pregnant. We're walking around with this dream, and after conception, you go through a season of pregnancy, a time of growth and preparation for the dream to become a reality. You know, I, at this stage of life, I'm, you know, 30-some years old plus or so, and, and I see all these, these people getting married, and then after a little while, the, the, the lady's like, oh, I'm pregnant, oh, and, you know, my sick mind thinks, Honey, you're not going to be singing and dancing here in about 40 weeks. And there's no way, there's no easy way to get what is in you out of you. You know, let me just, you know, sometimes I want to encourage a new mother, a new expectant mother. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Do you know what's going to happen? You're going to be on that table. And they're going to tell you to put, no, and Amy said, don't even tell them. Don't even tell them. You get all excited because you have a dream. You're pregnant. You've got this dream. Something is about to happen. And so now there's a season of preparing for the dream to become a reality. You know you've got to get the nursery ready and you've got to get, you've got to get all the blankets and diapers and you have showers and you have all of this stuff and, and things and, and, and you're getting ready for this to happen. So in the beginning, when you're making the plans to live out the dream, it's exciting and it's easy and it's, it's, it's easy to be enthusiastic about the process. It's easy to be, oh, man, I'm pregnant. Oh, man, you want to tell everybody, you want to wear a sign, a paper sign on the front of you and a paper sign on the back. Amen, honk, I'm pregnant. You know? And so these emotions cannot be a driving force to keep the determination to prepare all the time and 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 over the time of this pregnancy because the emotions are going to wear down the emotions are going to wear out the emotions are going to disappear you know people spend here's another thing that I'm learning I talked to my brother a couple of months ago and and we were talking about you know kids and you raise kids and then kids grow up and they become smarter than you are and they become geniuses and then you, you try to talk to them, and they look at you like, what planet did you come from? And it's like, what? But, and, and my brother says, it's pretty awesome, though, because whether they get it or not, you know that you got it. You know you learned it. You know that you experienced it. And it's like people spend all this money on a wedding. Save the money for the marriage counselor when you need him. See, it, sometimes I just feel like I'm the mayor of Realville. You know? Anybody ever feel like that? 
And as you get older, listen, as you get older, you're going to become the mayor of Realville. And they're going to come to you and they're going to say, what do you think about this? It's like, oh, now they're coming to me. Wow, it's amazing. But these emotions are, are just, we're pregnant and we got a dream, and, but the emotions aren't going to last. Ecclesiastes 5.3 in the Amplified says this, For a dream comes with much business and painful effort. Ecclesiastes 5.3, a dream comes with much business, much work, and painful effort. You know? I mean, that pregnant mom, she may not even have morning sickness yet, but you wait till that hits. If she's lucky enough to have that for a while, you know? Catherine's back there shaking her head. Amy had morning sickness with Marcus all the time. I mean, it's a wonder she even loves Marcus. <laughs> Probably now you do because the pain and the sickness is gone. I mean, it makes you not want to eat certain food the rest of your life. Eggs. Amy does not want to eat eggs. She can handle them, but not. What else, honey? Eggs. Eggs. Eggs are bad. You know, hey, eggs. That's pretty important. Eggs. So it takes pain and it takes effort. This is why... Many people abort their dreams before they reach full term. They say, I can't do this. It takes work, and it's painful. God plants a seed, a dream, in these people, and they become pregnant. But when they find out it's going to take effort, it's going to be costly, it's going to be inconvenient, it's going to be uncomfortable to complete the preparation for the birth, they decide it really wasn't God's will after all and go do something else. You ever seen somebody do that? It really wasn't God's will for me to do this. Why? But it's because it took a bunch of work. Let's go through the hard part because if you give up, you'll never really be completely satisfied. Let me ask you this. Does anybody here, you don't have to vocalize this, but just think, does anybody here have any regrets in life? Yeah. And we can't go back and seize that opportunity again. But we always look at it in, in hindsight and we say two words. What are they? What if? What if? I remember when Amy and I, we were, we were called by this minister that he wanted us to come try out for a position they had open in the church at that time, it was a very progressive church out on the East Coast, had over 400 members, and they, he wanted us to come be on staff, and this was, this was like a dream come true. And we were, but at the time, we were traveling, we were evangelizing, and we were booked up months in advance, and things were starting to break, and things, people getting the Holy Ghost and getting baptized. And he wanted us to come for a minimum of two years, two years. And we said, sat down and we prayed and we talked about it and we had this two words, what if? What if we do? What if we don't? Will we always have regrets? So when God puts that dream in your life, you've got to say, is it really worth the cost? Is it really worth the price? Is it really worth the pain? You don't want to have a regret. You don't want to have a, man, I should have. Because I have, we have an area in our ministry that I have a regret that I was called by a preacher to come preach. 
And I was intimidated by this preacher. And I never went. And now we have the what if. Me more than her. She's like, you're so stupid. You should have, what, what's wrong with you? You'd have been fine. Well, yeah, I know. But hey, I didn't do it. I got a what if now. A what if. So how do we successfully make it through preparation and give birth to our God-given dreams? How do we successfully get through the preparation? Three steps. First step is this. Put your expectation in God. Okay? Put your expectation in God. God can do more than we can ever do. When a woman is pregnant, we say she is what? Expecting. In the same way, if we want to reach full term and not give up or abort the dream God put in us, we must maintain expectation for it to come to pass. We've got to continually expect that it's going to happen. You know, when a woman first gets pregnant, for the first three or four months, she don't look pregnant. Are you sure you're pregnant? Yeah, I'm pregnant. Well, you don't look pregnant. Oh, but I'm pregnant. I took 12 tests. They all said pregnant. Amen. We took several from Marcus and Macy. We're trying to figure it all out. Lord, are you kidding? Are you, do you have a sense of humor? And God has a sense of humor. All right? God has a big sense of humor. And Amy would keep getting the test that show one or two lines. Two lines, you're pregnant, one you're not. And one would be real bold. And one, you had to almost shine it under a light to see that other line. And it was like, do you have one that says yes or no? Plus or minus? You're pregnant, not pregnant. Go get, don't get any more lines. We got to know. We did. We got to plus, and it was plus. Oh, wow. Now we're expecting. It doesn't look like we're expecting, but there is a dream that's coming down the road. There's a situation that's coming that I'm going to have to prepare for. I'm going to have to maintain and this expectancy to get ready for it to come to pass. So we have to determine to keep our focus. You've got to stay focused. The reason you're here tonight is you stayed, you're focused. The reason you're here tonight is you're keeping your focus. You're focusing on, i got to be in church. Church is on Wednesdays. Church is on Sundays. Yeah? Yeah? Church is on Wednesday. Church is on Sunday. I'd come to church if you weren't here. Well, yeah, Pastor, you'd have to preach. I preach many Wednesday nights right here in this empty sanctuary. Johnny preached a couple Wednesday nights. Danny, you know? But guess what? When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to be talking to the Lord. When I go to bed tonight, I'm going to be talking to the Lord. In between, I'm going to be talking to the Lord. Why? Because I'm keeping my focus. Be aggressive. Watch. Talk to God about the dream. Talk to him preferably every day about the dream. If he puts a dream in you, talk to him about it. What are you going to want to do with this dream? What are you going to, how are you going to bring this dream to pass? What do I need to do to prepare for this dream? What do I need to do to make this the most important thing of my life? And if you don't do that, if you don't talk to God, then the enemy, the devil, is more likely to kill, steal, and destroy the plans that God has for you. 
That's what the devil wants. The devil wants to destroy everything God's putting in your life. He does. The devil wants to destroy everything God is putting in your life, whether you're 8 or whether you're 80. The devil wants to destroy it. The devil wants to subtract from you and take away from you. God wants to add to you. John 10.10 in the Amplified. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Now, I like this part. I came that they may have life, that they may have and enjoy life. Guess what? God wants you to enjoy life. You see people that don't like life? You ever meet them? Not here in Illinois as bad as in Maryland, but go to the DMV in Maryland. It is horrible. At at the church that we were at, just outside of Washington, D.C., nobody wanted to hear, okay, so-and-so, you've got to go to the DMV. You'd rather face the lions. You'd rather be dipped in oil and hung out in Nero's garden to light the path that night. Because they're going, you're going to, first of all, you're going to stand in line for a very, very long time. And then you're going to get up to the counter and you're going to encounter someone that does not like their job. In fact, they may even hate their life. And all you need is to miss and not have one document. And you know what? Don't even come back today. In fact, don't even come back the rest of this week. Come back next week. And when you do come back, don't come to my window. I'm not wrong. I'm telling you truth, my good brothers and sisters. One of, the, one of the highlights of my whole life was when we moved out here. You can ask Amy. We went to the DMV here, or the Secretary of State, and the people were nice. And I'm like, oh, my Lord. Whoa. These people are happy. These people are happy here. Okay? Listen. God wants you to enjoy life and have it, what? In abundance. Until it overflows. Full until it overflows. Enjoy your life. I don't have time to get on this right now, but I've talked to people who who tell me what they're thinking and why this and why that, and I'm like, your thinking tortures me. And if I'm sitting here listening to your thinking as you're describing it to me and it tortures me, it's got to have you in a concentration camp somewhere. Because it is hurting me. She's one of my victims. It's like, wow, wow, you, you, wow. It's no wonder they're tired when they go to bed. Well, I don't want to do this because I didn't know if they'd like that and they didn't want to hurt their feelings and I didn't want to offend them and don't want them to be mad at me. And so it's like, and then me, I'm just, I just march through there and I know This is when I just walk into a room and I know there are people that hate my guts just because I walk in the room. And it's all right. It's going to be all right. God wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to have a full life. He wants you to have some peaceful, easy thinking. Amen. Somebody could write a song with those lyrics in it. Peaceful, easy thinking, feeling, thinking. Right? 
John 10.10. It's easy, watch, it's easy to fall into a passive attitude that says, well, we'll just wait and see what happens. But we must resist the waiting and seeing kind of person. Instead, we get focused on God. I've seen Prophet Tom come through here, and, and I tell you, if, that, if all the people that he prophesied to would become millionaires on that Monday morning, we would be debt-free around here. But you know what? Usually the bank account doesn't change much. Well, when Prophet Tom comes, the bank account usually goes lower because we all give money to Honduras, right? So it's like he says, you know, you could be a millionaire, blah, blah, blah. And then I've seen people just sit back and say, bring it on. Bring on the millions. Well, it ain't going to happen like that. You're going to have to get focused. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to let God's plan unfold. Instead, we focus on God and determine to expect from him like David did in Psalm 27, 13. The Amplified, I would have despaired had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It is the goodness of the Lord that we're all alive. It is the mercies of the Lord that we all exist and that we're all happy. Amen. Amen. Waiting on God is not a static, passive place where you just sit there and do nothing. Okay? Anybody ever been to a restaurant? Three of you. Apparently you forgot what a restaurant is. Did you go tonight, Bernie? Did you have to go get your food out of the refrigerator? What happened? Who did? The waitress. There's a waitress. It is her job to come and see what you need. If you're going to wait on the Lord, it's not sitting back folding your arms and saying, let's see what God does. It's saying, I'm going to lay on some praise on you, Jesus. I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. What do you need here? I'm going to be, you, 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 want, you want some A1 with that steak? I'm fixing to put out some praise and worship Jesus. It's going to be like, you know, chicken cordon bleu. Queso chicken. We discovered a new recipe at our house last week. Queso chicken. Man, it was good. It was good. Just chicken breast. Taco seasoning. Oh, get ready. Queso cheese. Now there you go right there. The salsa. It was marvelous. When nobody was looking, I licked the inside of the bowl. So we had it again last night. But we put too much taco seasoning and stuff in it this time. And it was on far. We were on fire last night. But listen, somebody's going to serve that. Somebody's going to wait. The waitress or waiter's going to bring your stuff to you. Why don't we wait on the Lord with praise? Why don't we wait on the Lord with worship? Why don't we wait on the Lord with, with faithfulness like we're doing? Why don't we wait on the Lord with faith, believing, God, if you're going to make me pregnant with this dream, then you're going to help me to, to get through the expecting preparation, and I am going to see the dream be birthed. Amen? Is God giving anybody a dream in here that hasn't come about yet? Nobody. One. Okay. That's two less than went to the restaurant. All right. 
So it's time, it is a time when we, when in our lives, we're not taking matters into our own hands. We're just simply trusting God to do this. Because if God gives you a dream, it's going to be to the point where only he can bring it to pass. Okay? Otherwise, he doesn't get to glory when you say, oh, I did it. If you can do anything to, to bring about and facilitate your dream, it's not God's. But when he brings it to pass, you know it is a God thing. And so while you're, you're, you can't take matters into your own hands, you're patiently, you're, you're waiting physically, but you're active spiritually. You're seeking his face. You're putting your trust in him. Maintain a good attitude. First of all, seek God. Expect from God. Next, keep your attitude right. Your attitude determines your altitude. Yes, it doesn't help anyone or anything if you have a bad attitude. And if we're all honest about it, we like this because we want others to feel sorry for us, which doesn't do any good either. In fact, if you murmur and complain, God is probably getting tired of hearing that too. Do you ever think God gets tired of hearing stuff? You know, as a parent, we get tired of hearing our kids, we get tired of that. What about God? Numbers 14. Numbers 14, 26. This is New Living. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, How long will this wicked nation complain about me? I have heard everything the Israelites have been saying. Now tell them this. As surely as I live, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. I, the Lord, have spoken. I'm going to do exactly to you what you said I would do. And you know, the children of Israel were promised, God swore to them. I can take you to the place in Exodus where God said to Moses, he said, I am going to bring them into the land that I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And when they got there, all they did was gripe and complain. And finally, God said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give them exactly what they're saying. We better watch what we say. Oh, this is, this is one of those Bible studies where you need a back scratcher. Amen. If you don't have a back scratcher, just use a spaghetti ladle. Amen. Oh, yes, I've seen people use a spaghetti ladle. And then be sitting there and somebody needed some spaghetti. And I'm like, is that a back scratcher? That is a back scratcher right now. Okay. Just so we know. Mm -hmm. Watch this. We have to be careful not to be negative and feel sorry for ourselves. You didn't tell that woman to go out and get pregnant. She got pregnant. You know, when they start complaining because their back's hurting, lower back stuff, you know? Oh, the baby's on my bladder. Oh, he's going up in my ribs. Oh, stand there like this. This is a new pose. I'm not working on this either. This, is not, this was no practice.
Every new mother that goes through Family Worship Center, me and her, we need to do a side-by-side. I have one with Amber. I have one with Megan. Probably have another one with Amber. Whoever else gets pregnant. Look, but don't be complaining. You know, this is your baby. This is what you wanted. Oh, I just want to be pregnant. I just want to have a baby. Oh, that baby's on my bladder. Oh, they flip and they turn, they cross, and they, uh, they can't sleep. And Oh, and they got to walk, and then they, oh, they're just complaining, murmuring. Hey, this is what you wanted. This is what you were wanting. Right? This is what you're wanting. And so, don't be talking about, stop complaining. God's trying to birth a big thing in you. Stop complaining. You don't want to use your words and give the devil words to abort what God is trying to grow inside of you, what God is trying to bring out of you, because it's going to be awesome. He said, I know the plans I have for you. I've got good things for you lined up, ready to go. Don't complain. Enjoy the ride. It's just temporary. Punch your neighbor and say, it's just temporary. Amen. Amen. It's just temporary. You know, Megan, when she was pregnant, she itched everywhere. Good Lord. She was digging herself. She was, she was using super sharp spaghetti spatulas. She was digging till she was bleeding. She was itching, itching. Couldn't take anything. You, you, you pregnant women know how it is. You can't take nothing. Right? I tried to be, I tried to be consoling. You know, I was, I was, I, you know. So, after, after Megan gives birth, okay, a month or so later, uh, Sister Pat calls and she says, I don't have any water. So, me and Brother Stoney, we run out there and we look at it and figure it all out. And well, you know, Pat, where's your well? Well, it's, you know, it's 14 acres over that way in the woods. So you got to take a four by four, dually truck down through the woods to find the. Am I telling the truth, Pat? Yeah. And then find out there's a, there's an extension cord coming through the woods. Well, Lodi Bar, how about that? So then we had to find an extension cord. Well, you're talking weeds this high. Long story short, as my dad would call them, I had jiggers all over me. You know what jiggers are? That's East Coast for chiggers. My dad was out here one visit, and he went home, and he had had the kids outside, Mark, or Mitchell and Megan, they were little, and he was holding them, and he's pulling them in the wagon along the yard and everything, and I didn't think anything about it. And so he went back home, and I called him, and I said, how you doing? He has a good trip. I'm home. I said, he's, and I can't use all the words that he said on that phone call, but he said, I got jiggers all over me. And he said, I'll tell you, they itch. I said, you're not supposed to scratch them. Don't scratch them. So anyhow, out there at Pat's, I got jiggers. I got jiggers on this leg. I got jiggers down here. I got jiggers across here. And I'm scratching. I'm itching. I got mosquito bites here. And I said to Megan, is there, what can, can you take? What can you take to get rid of all this itching? She said, I don't know. And I don't care, because nobody cared when I was itching a few months ago. So guess what? 
You are pregnant with the dream God gave you, and nobody cares if you're itching now, and they're not going to care when you're itching later. Amen? So watch the words that you say because the devil is going to try to take, take it away from you. Glory. We better get off on that one. God's been too good to us. He's been way too good to all of us for us to murmur and complain. Man, we ought to be thankful. You know, I fed myself. I took a bath myself. Amen. That hard on just taking a bath. That, everybody appreciates that. Amen. Use soap, shampoo, and some toothpaste. Hallelujah. Flossed. Use some floss. We, we can drive. We have money to put gas in the car. We have a job. We have family that loves us. We have friends that love us. We have a church that loves us. We got it. Hey. And all these people that make all these bazillions of dollars, they're getting divorced. They're getting high. They're getting, they're getting strung out on drugs. All these movie stars and actresses, they got all this money in the world. And, they, you know, Elizabeth Taylor had, what, 27 husbands? You know, 13 at least. You know, one out of 13 ought to, you ought to keep, ought to be a keeper. You'd think one would be. You know, and they're not happy with their lives. They got yachts. They got, you know, cruisers. They got planes. They got everything. They got all this stuff, and they're still not happy. Why? Because only Jesus is really going to satisfy their soul. Amen. Only Jesus is going to really, really satisfy their soul. Hallelujah. I, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh yesterday, and, and he has cancer, stage four lung cancer. And he was given an update on his, on his treatment and how things were going. And he, then he went into his radio broadcast, and he was saying, if you want to see a change in the family fabric of America, he said, you're going to have to introduce everybody to God. If you want to see society fixed up, you're going to have to get introduced to God. He said that about four or five times you know, to what, 20 million people on 600 radio stations wall-to-wall -wall nationwide. Only the Lord is, and the Lord has been so good to us, but the devil wants to say, you know what, I don't have what Brother Chris has. Brother Chris has a motorcycle. I don't have a motorcycle. I don't know what was just said back there. I ain't even going to ask because you guys are laughing too hard back there. You don't want it? I don't really either, you know, because somebody run over me. You know, you know, hey, be happy with what you got. God's putting dreams in you. God's spirit is in you. Amen. You lay down at night and you got peace. Eventually, we must learn the truth that no matter what is going on in our lives, we must choose to have a good attitude. All you, and, and if you do have a good attitude, God will give you favor with people and in your circumstances. While we can't always choose our circumstances, we can choose how we react to them. And so when you learn how to react good to a bad situation and a bad circumstance, that is preparing you for the birth of the dream that's coming down the line. God is trying to prepare us to get us ready for that birth that's coming. You know, none of us will be able to say, oh, my wife is pregnant. My wife got pregnant on Tuesday, and Wednesday we had the baby. Woo! Can you imagine that adjustment? Can you imagine that adjustment? Edison went to bed one night last week at 9 o'clock. Everybody was smiling. They were all happy because 
Edison would go to bed at 9 and sleep till 5.30 or 6 the next morning. Everybody's like, yeah, no. Edison woke up at 1.30. And he had just enough sleep that he wanted to stay up after feeding. So when I walked in the bedroom at 6.30 or 7 that morning, Edison was asleep, and Megan was like this. When everybody finally woke up, she's like, oh, he was up from 1.30 to 5.30. Wow. So you can't just prepare for that in one day. Amen. And so God's trying to get us prepared for the birth of the dream that's coming. Live the dream. Live in the dream. Live in the dream. Say, live in it. Say, I'm living it up. I've got a reason to celebrate. Amen. You know what, Kevin? You've got a reason to celebrate. You haven't take a, taken a drink of alcohol since April of 2011. That's over nine years. Nine years, brother. Now, I'm sure there were times that it was tempting. But you said no. And then I thought about the people who the night before you went, they tried to talk you out of going. You remember those people? They said, oh, you don't need to listen to Brother Tracy. He's crazy. No, I was pregnant. I was pregnant with a dream. I was pregnant with a dream that Kevin could finally conquer that demon of alcohol in his life. I was confident enough with a dream that Kevin could live for God. Amen. We sat in the office and we talked and I said, Kevin, you got three choices. And the first two I gave him, they weren't, just, they weren't really good choices. I was just using it to make it look like I had lots of choices and I was smart. You got this choice, you got this choice, or you got this choice. Now, I said, I don't think choice number one is going to work, and here's why. I don't think choice number two is going to work, and here's why. And I said, if you do eight months of number three, it can change the next 40 years of your life. And it's already changed the last nine. Amen. Amen. You can do it. There's a saying that I heard years ago in the business world, and it goes like this. If the dream is big enough, the facts don't matter. If the dream is big enough, the facts don't matter. So let's live the dream. What's God putting in your dream? So often our dreams are about us, what we want for our life or what's good for us. But Jesus, our example of how to live, gave his life not for his benefit, but for ours. God may be wanting to put that dream in you that you can bless his kingdom. I'm going to tell you this. If you do that, you will become the most satisfied individual on the face of the earth. I have watched selfish people try to live for God, and they crash and burn. Shortly before he was crucified, Jesus is in the garden praying, and he said, Not my will, but yours be done, Luke 22. He came from the glory of heaven to, to earth to give us life. Everything that he did was for us. Everything. Look at your neighbor and say, All. All. Everything was all. 
To really live the dream God has for us, we need to let go of selfishness or die to self. Have you ever seen a selfish person? Wow, they are really selfish. Is that profound? We'd, we'd say, okay, so I worked with someone in ministry work, and I would say, okay, this would be a good time to do ministry in the area that you're interested in doing it. This would be a good time to do it. Oh, I, I can't do it that night. We have family night that night. Okay. Well, then you can do, oh, that's, that's our anniversary. We can't do anything there. Oh, that's my birthday. Finally, it's like, is there any chance that you can get some kingdom work put in here somewhere inside of your life? Because, listen, if your marriage ought to be so hot that every night ought to be your anniversary night. Right? Just like every Sunday ought to be Pentecost Sunday. Oh, man, this is too heavy on a Wednesday night. Kevin, you all right? Okay. So what are some things that we need to die to? What are they? How about our plans? How about our plans? What is your plan and what's God's plan? What do you want to do and what Jesus wants you to do? Somebody may be struggling. Oh, man, I don't want to do that, Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done is what he prayed. What about our timing? Oh, I can't do it now. It's my anniversary. It's family night. By the time we got down to it, there was like three hours a week that that person could do any type of ministry. And most of that, everybody else was in bed. You know? How about we got to let go of our way and yield to his way? How about our reputation? What are people going to think? Getting credit for what we do rather than giving all the glory to God. I heard somebody say today, let your accomplishment speak for itself. You don't have to open your mouth and say anything about it. It'll speak for itself. What do we got to get rid of here? Our timing, our plans, our will, our wants, our needs. The need to be in control. Oh, all you control freaks out there. Trust fall. Trust fall. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Abby. Yes, Abby turned another day older. Are you in deeper in debt? That's good. Tennessee Ernie Ford. You get 16 tons. What do you get? Thanks, Frankie. There you go. Okay. The need to be in control. You know, some people who just always have to be in control. Guess what? If you always have to be in control, God can never get all the glory because you're not going to let loose and let him take over the wheel. Sometimes God wants to get in control and do what needs to be done. Because if God does it, then it gets awesomely done. And God gets all the glory. And when we can say with our mouths, this was all God. Nothing we did could have brought this about. It was all God. That's what he wants. And this one, and the need to be right. I just got to be right. Just got to be right. Maybe we need to let that down. 
But the Lord Hanlon, if you will give your life to God, like Jesus laid down his life for you, God will do amazing things in you and through you. Not only does he want to do something in you, but he wants to do something through us that will touch others as well. God doesn't waste dreams. God doesn't waste pain. Anybody ever been in, in, in a situation that causes pain in your life, in your heart? Okay, six of you. Well, God doesn't waste pain. Learn from the pain. Learn from the pain. It's not easy, but the reward on the other side is so worth it. The fulfillment of your God-given dream. God has some big. Everybody say big. Say it again. Big. Say it loud. Big. God has big plans. Big plans. But do you know how many lion's dens Daniel spent the night in of his whole life? It's not a trick question. One. Do you know how many times Daniel interpreted the dream that would show the empires of the last day histories of the world in his whole life? It's not a trick question. One. Do you know how many times Moses stood before Pharaoh and said, this is the last time you'll see me? The last place coming. One. You see, those dreams, those events are just a once here and a once here and a once here. But you have all these days of preparation getting you ready for them because you're not equipped to handle them from here over to there. You've got to take the journey and prepare. I was not ready to pastor you 25 years ago. I wasn't ready to pastor. You weren't ready for me to pastor. I was just a kid. You know, you're 30-some, and you take 25 years from it. You're just five. You don't want some kindergartner pastoring you. What are you going to learn from me? I was a failure in kindergarten. One of the first lunches I ever had in school, the school lunch, I threw the silverware away. I threw the tray, everything, threw it all away. And I didn't tell anybody because I was too embarrassed to tell anybody I threw the silverware away. So somewhere in a trash dump in Maryland is my kindergarten silverware. You don't want me to be your pastor then, but I had to go through all of this. You see what I'm saying? God's preparing you. God's got big things for us, and I'm closing with this. Let's all stand. Psalm 139, you know it. You know it by heart. You know all of this. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous and how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. Can you imagine that? We don't even remember it. And God was watching us. God was putting us together. God was saying, I've got big plans for her. i got big plans for him. I don't know. Maybe he looked at my mom. See, my mom had a brother and a sister who were, uh, who were born. They were either stillborn or they, were, they, they died shortly at, at, during birth or something. 
And my mother was an only child to my grandparents at that point. But when he was putting her together, was he saying, and from her is going to come pastors and evangelists and youth pastors and presidents, and they're going to preach on five continents and in 27 countries. Was he? What was he saying about you? What was he speaking over you, Kevin? Oh, he's going to have some rough times growing up, but I got some power waiting on him. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring that fat kid from Maryland to Illinois. He thinks he wants to be an evangelist. He said he'd never be a youth pastor, and I've already roped him into youth pastoring. Wrote me into 12 years of youth pastoring. And so while God is getting me ready over here, God is getting Kevin ready over here. And you see, God then brings us together. And so all of our paths have crossed because God's plans, while we're sitting there, he's watching us be formed in seclusion, in secret, in the dark, watching us come together. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. He knew every moment. He knew every event before we took our first breath. Why? Because God's got a plan. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They are innumerable. So I'm going to leave you with this tonight. I want you to keep dreaming. I want you to keep dreaming. Those of you that have taken your dream and put it up in a jar and lit on it and put it up on the shelf, I want you to go home and in your prayer closet, your war room, I want you to get that dream down and I want you to open the lid and say, I'm going to let this out, Lord, and I'm going to let you do what you want to do with this dream. Can you do that? Because some of you got dreams the devil has stolen and said, you know that's not going to happen to you. You know that's not for you. You know you can't do that. That's for somebody like Brother Tracy. That's for somebody like Addie. You know, I see Addie and I wish I could be nice like Addie. You know, I mean, Addie's always nice. She always says nice things about not every, everybody, every person in the world. She always finds the good. She could be in, in mud up to her knees and snapping turtles, snapping at her toes, and it raining, and locusts in her hair. And she'd say, oh, this is, this is such a nice day that we're having. I don't know, Addie, maybe you look at me and you say, I wish I could be mean like Brother Tracy. <laughs> and I can show you how. It's very easy, Addie. It's just, it's just so easy. You know what I'm saying? God made us. We, God gave each of us a temperament. God gave each of us a personality. Now, those personalities and temperaments have weaknesses and they have strengths. And so God wants us to take them and make the, the weak spots strong. And the strong, nasty spots, he wants to tell us, you're going to have to calm down. Oh, you don't know how many times I've heard him tell me, you just need to calm down. I get all fire, fired up. And he's like, would you just relax? Okay. So God has a dream, and God has a plan. So just dream. The devil wants to steal it. 
And God's trying to put it in you. And God's trying to get you to work on it and prepare that nursery and prepare the blankets and prepare the crib and get all the showers done. Get it all ready to go because God's got something for you. Amen. You good?